cats don't always share things equally, they, especially space. They might not share space equally. So you really need to have the resources spread around so they can get to them without meeting each other. And a lot of the problems that we see in companion cats, fighting between cats in a household, yeah. uh, urine soiling, yeah. uh, urine marking, yeah. are over the resources. Yeah. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And it's Dr. Susan Little. And we're here for this second edition of yeah. Talking with of a... Cat Talk. Cat Talk. <laughs> exactly. Talking yeah. about all your cat problems yeah. with the ultra-famous... The amazing... Yes. Am I introducing yeah, myself? Yeah, yes, of course. Dr. Debbie Horwitz. Oh, Yay! Fantastic. We're fantastic. so happy you're here. Yes. So. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I think we're going to have a great time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Welcome. Yeah. But there are also areas in the world where cats are not seen as very pure de or desirable. Or desirable yeah. or, so it's not only the black cat, it's just cats in general. Why do you think that is? Probably a game that mysterious. But there's, there's also places in the world where they where don't dogs keep dogs aren't either. They don't keep dogs as yeah, pets. That's mm -hmm. true. And in fact, um, but do you think that it is that strong a because it's almost that. Uh, for me, um, almost any society accepts the dog as a guardian or whatever. There are societies where cats are not accepted as being um, useful. And why, why, why would that well, be? Well, there could be many reasons for sure. that. Number one, there are a lot of societies that were not sustained on grain. So individual right. farming was something that they did as opposed to storing grain. And right. so you have no use for a cat right. then. Right. So there's that. And then they are only seen as predators. Yeah. They're only seen as, as predators. Mm -hmm. And at that case, um, it's not a problem. And um, maybe they can be harmful to people. Uh, the other thing about it is that um, there are many societies that keeping animals as pets is foreign to them just in general like any in animal, general right. yeah it's and um I, there, yeah you go to so many countries where you see a lot of feral dogs yeah. and there are just as many feral cats mm -hmm. especially in the middle east or mm -hmm. the mediterranean there are so many feral cats and i think that people really treat them fairly well but they don't feel like they have They're to worry pet. about them right. uh in the same way yeah. uh, and societies differ. For example, Japan. Mm -hmm. In Japan, their animals that, that start with D, mm -hmm. uh, their breeds are very different in how they interface with people than Western breeds mm -hmm. because they want something different from them. Mm -hmm. They want them to be very loyal to them only and unfriendly to everyone else. Yeah. And they want their cats to be very aloof mm -hmm. because that's... Their, their whole society of communication in Asia is different than our sure. model sure. of communication. Sure. And their animals reflect the same thing. I never so, thought of that before. So when you're talking about where animals fit in individual societies, it has a lot to do with how they sustain themselves, their belief in what humanity is. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, cats get... Thing. Yes, cats get 
tied up in that oh, because that. they're so quiet and you can't catch them. Yeah. And in Egypt, cats were revered as gods. So right. I mean, just to and they've never the forgotten. <laughs> well, and, and it was well earned. I yeah. Think. Because well Egypt was one of yeah. the first civilizations that stored grain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And without cats, they would have starved. That wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been possible mm -hmm. to store grain without cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really, we owe future life to cats. There you go. Wow, so I want to talk about something that is very exciting to me, and okay. I'm, I'm sure it's exciting to you too, and the that's future. the book that's coming out. Yay. Oh, that's yes. right. I forgot. Yeah. No, I the haven't forgotten. I have not forgotten. So, oh, that's right. A few years ago, how many years ago did Decoding the D come out? That came out in 2014, okay. and I was wow. the lead editor on that. Yes. And 20, and after, as soon as DYD, as we <laughs> call it. Oh, I like that. DYD. That's what we call it yeah. internally. Decoding DYD. the D. DYD, uh, there was there was requests for when are you going to do DYC, which means decoding your cat. Yes. And I am one of the editors. Uh, the lead editor is Dr. Megan Heron. But can uh, you go back, f before we go to yeah. the cat one, what was DYD about? And why did we need and it? And why do we need it? DYD was about helping people understand, using the science we now know mm -hmm. about the behavior of the D, um, to help them to talk to them. We did it in a way that we, it's for the public. Mm. So the first chapter is called, um, Can't We Just Talk? <laughs> and we, ch we talk about how communication occurs between humans and between humans and the D creature. Mm -hmm. And we give examples that how people understand, oh, we're talking different language. And then we, then we explain why they do this how you can change it, and then we summarize it. And what, what did we say? And the whole goal of the whole book was to take them through all the things that you really need to know to have a fulfilling relationship with your canine pet, mm. including how to choose one, how to train one, how to deal with certain problems, what happens, what do you do when they grow old, um, saying goodbye, uh, what about dangerous behaviors, and it was so well received. Oh my gosh, yeah. It really was because we don't deal in myths. Yeah. We yeah. deal in science. Yeah. And decoding your cat. Is it the same pattern? You it call? starts out the same way. The first chapter is. How do you talk to your cat? You know, um, let's, let's talk. talk. Let's talk. <laughs> let's let's talk. talk. And then uh, it explains how cats communicate with each other, which is how they communicate with us. Mm -hmm. What does meow mean? What does a tail up? What does a tail down? What does ear position mean? And all those are so salient in a cat. They're so important to understand. And then we talk about um, picking your kitten, how to train your kitten, um, elimination issues, what to provide for your cat, how to have an enriched environment for your cat, how to deal with your cat growing old, uh, what else? I think, we, we, I think the environment part is so important because a lot of people think cats are very low maintenance pets. Correct. Right? I need a water bowl, a food bowl, and a litter box, and I'm done. And I think that that was more true when we let cats outside. You're probably right. Yeah? Because yeah. cats who go outside do a lot of other things. Other things. And the house is very boring. Hmm. And they're not as destructive as dogs who don't get to do interesting things. So it goes unnoticed. Mm. And there are chapters on on doing that, and there's also chapters in training your cat, how you can train them to do different things. Cats are cats are actually very easy to train, but there are a couple important things that you need to know about a cat. The first is when you 
hand them something, the first thing they're going to do is smell it. Unlike a dog. I'll say you it. said it. Oh, I'm like a dog who just because Moo just like swallows it. He, yes. he swallows it and asks questions later. Well, first right? of all, the cat's going to smell it. Then it may or may not take it from your hand, so you have to drop it. Uh-huh. Then it pick it smells it again. Then it picks it up and it chews it, which dogs don't do. They yeah. just swallow. Yeah. And you have to wait for all of that to happen so you can do another repetition uh-huh. of the behavior, so you can reward it. And there is actually nothing wrong with that. It doesn't slow down the learning process at all from the learner's point of view. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that it just takes a little bit longer, then first of all, you can segue to a softer treat, which they'll lick off your finger. Mm-hmm. And once they learn what they're supposed to be doing, in other words, oh, I learn how to learn, it speeds up yeah. incredibly. Mm-hmm. And they, they are very smart. Yeah. They don't do the same things uh, that dogs do, but they are better at some things than dogs are. For example, cats are better at the task of figuring out how to use a piece of string to open their enclosure. Yeah. Right? I mean, sure, you've read that literature. Yeah. Yeah. That they will pull on it, and the gate will open, and they go out. Yeah. Dogs don't do that. Yeah. Cats open kitchen cabinets all the time and get inside, right? Yeah. Most of them cannot get out. Yeah. <laughs> because they haven't seen anybody <laughs> push it open. They only, exactly. they only see it be pulled. Yeah. Okay? But really clever cats, you know, really oh clever gosh. and persistent because we have those three personalities. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that really persistent cat will push we'll, against we'll it. figure it out. And it'll bounce. And they'll figure that, oh, just push harder and it bounces. And then they, they take their feet and stand up. And lean on it, boom, out they go. So they can learn a lot of things by trial and error, and they actually are really very smart. Who else could convince you to let them live in your house and virtually do nothing? (laughs) They don't have to bark at the door. Right, right. They don't. I mean, they do nothing. They don't have to go in the car with you. They take care of the vermins. I mean, that's the whole purpose, you know. They're working really hard. I don't know. I've had, had cats that... We could, they hear the mice in the, I just remember, they hear the mice behind the stone fireplace. And then one comes out and runs across the, and they're just looking at it like, wow. (laughs) What, did you, (laughs) two of them was like, did you see that? Did you, what was that? You know, and it's like, you guys are worthless. Because they weren't hungry. (laughs) They're not hungry. They're not hungry. Yeah, it's a hard guard behavior. Oh, I love that. we, We had a clinic cat. Um, for for quite a while, who who was uh, one, some, some cats almost teach themselves tricks. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely, so, yeah. And so she was one of those, and she learned many tricks very quickly. Like high five was one of her right. favorites. So we have a lot of Facebook pictures of her high fiving yeah. people, and and I love to show that because it just shows that side of cats. Right, right, yeah. I had I've had several cats who retrieve. Yeah, that's another one people say. Yeah, and and you throw things and sure. bring it back. And the one cat who did it the best. I am definitely dating myself, but do you remember those pink sponge rollers? Oh, for your hair. For yes, your hair. Of okay. Course. Those Yola were... doesn't, I can tell. <laughs> those Where are... is this going? <laughs> yeah. they, they're very light. Yes. Yeah. And so you can throw them really high. And, yes. my, and my cat's name was Sasha. And she would sit next to you on the couch and you would throw it up in the air and she would launch herself and take her feet and throw it in her mouth. And she would land on the floor and bring, bring it back. It back. Wow. She, the higher you flew it, yeah. you threw it, the higher she would fly. And she loved, and I had many clients whose cats would sit on a shelf and catch 
rubber bands yeah. that are yeah. they really yeah. like that please yeah. don't do that because well, some of them no need them yeah yeah yeah. I know. No yeah the surgeon in yola is going yes. that's a foreign body surgery i know i know, I know. Yeah. people start talking about little yes little stringy things and right. Yeah. And right. And yeah, yeah. Like, you no, have to know your no, cat no, no, yeah. you have to know your cat <laughs> yeah. i mean some cats you can't leave certain toys I've, with The Wind Feline Foundation has been funding cat health studies for 51 years. If you have a cat or have ever treated a cat, nearly everything we know was once funded by this nonprofit, totaling about $6.5 million. From understanding retroviruses, FELV and FIV, to more recently targeting gene defects responsible for HCM in the Ragdoll and Maine Coon breeds. The Wind Feline Foundation Pet Memorial Program offers veterinary professionals an opportunity to reassure clients that their beloved cats have not been forgotten, and those dollars support health studies that benefit the lives of all cats. Contributions totaling $150 or more receive a certificate suitable for framing or display in your clinic. Imagine being able to treat kidney disease more effectively, using stem cell therapy to cure stomatitis, or drugs to treat FIP are actually within grasp. Consider your support in telling your clients about the Win Feline Foundation and a free newsletter at winfelinefoundation.org. I've heard some behaviorists, though, say that some cats like prefer to chase uh, uh, toys with like mouse-like activities on the ground. Others prefer the, the bird-like activities, mm -hmm. so they'd be the ones who catch things in the air. So do you think there are kind of preferences like that, too? Well, yes, yeah. because um, cats learn a lot from the queen, and what they learn one of the things what that they, they see her do you mean yes yes so they learn their litter choice from the queen so where she eliminates is where they eliminate they learn their prey choice from the queen from the queen oh. so for example i've had cats i had one cat she was a hemi and i mean she couldn't jump she could not jump on a counter it was the best thing ever <laughs> um and but she was an amazing mouser because Again, don't tell anybody, but I would let my cats outside, and I let them outside based on a couple of things. They had to come when they were called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were never let out at dusk. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a dangerous time. Yeah. And what I've learned is that if you have a coddled house cat that you have let sleep in all sorts of soft places, they only have to stay out one night overnight, and they will never, <laughs> like, ever want, do want, it again. I went back in the hotel. Correct. <laughs> and I had a Labrador. So uh, with the first set of cats, I had a German short-haired pointer. So I would hear some noise out there, and I'd, I'd say, Merlin, go get your girls. And he'd run out there, and he would always come back with the right two cats. <laughs> and he knew which were his cats. It. He'd heard his cats yeah, home. Yeah. He'd send oh. them home. And then I, I, and I would let my cat out with my Labrador. Oh. So, um, oh, I love that. It, and they were really good buddies. But, yeah. I, and, but I like to feed the birds. So I didn't want to start oh, feeding the birds. You're a bird lover. Yes. I am a bird lover. Yes. And I had this cat. So I thought, well... Let me see what she does. My cat, who was would bring during the spring, every day a mouse on the back porch. Every day, you know. I caught another one. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
she couldn't catch a bird to save her soul. Really? Yeah. She would sit under the bird feeders, and they must have known she was useless. <laughs> they would just come and fly. They oh wouldn't eat God. off the ground, but go on the bird feeders. She could not figure out how to do that. She grew up in a barn. Not in her skill set. Not in her skill set. Yeah. She grew up in a barn where she probably yeah. learned how to mouse. Yeah. yeah. So now, if she sense. was starving, she probably would learn how to catch yeah, a bird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay? Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yes. There, yeah. And so that would influence... The things they like to play with is based on that. Some cats, that only sense. 60% of cats are cat, are uh, catnip responsive. Yeah, that's another thing I think most people don't know, right? right. It's a sort of genetically controlled mm-hmm. uh, response, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what gene? Yeah. I think they know Somebody the does. Somebody <laughs> does. Yeah, there's the answer. Oh, you're Somebody very knows the gene. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I have a question, a totally different question. So Good. cats are solitary kind of creatures. Ah. But if you look at the <laughs> lion. And the lion prides. Oh, I, you know, I, I went to to Africa to a safari, and it, oh, and, I love and, and you're there in between, and you see the lions work with each other, hunt with each other, and that sort of things. I, you know, maybe it's my perception. I see the cats hunt on its own, and I see the lions hunt with the pride. So but lions are one is, of the few that do that. Though. I know. Well, but why is that? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Oh, excellent. Cats are are not necessarily solitary. Mm -hmm. They will live in groups. Mm -hmm. They choose to live in groups around aggregated food resources. So that's why you see them in dairy barns, Mm -hmm. where not only will they be fed milk, but there'll be grain there and there'll be mice. You'll see them in fishing villages because, again, there will be fish and trails that are left around and there will be mice. Mm -hmm. But if if food is sparse, then you can't support feeding together because a mouse only has about 30 kilocalories. Mm -hmm. Lions take down a really big prey that they couldn't possibly kill by themselves. So you need more than one lion in order to do that. And they do it by not only killing with their skill and their claws and their mouth, but with their ability to run them down, and that requires a relay, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody heads out and it's going at top speed, and that only can be done for a little while, and the next, next. one comes. And when you look at the cheetah um, or a jaguar or one of the other cats, a cheetah especially is much, much faster. Mm-hmm. They kill different kind of prey. They're not mm-hmm. going to take down a water buffalo. No, they take down smaller. A smaller antelope. And that then what they do with it is they pull it up in a tree and store it and save it because they can't fight off anybody else the hyenas will take it and that's mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. so cat and if you want to compare the group living most group living of our domestic cats are living in female colonies of mothers daughters sisters aunts and offspring and the males are not part of the society and the males are there to uh, impregnate the females, and they come and go, and that really is not much different than a lion pride. Mm-hmm. That's, That's very true. true. Yeah. That is true. That's very true. So a lion pride, who does all the hunting? Yeah, the lionesses. The lionesses. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense, like size of the cat compared right. to size of prey. Yeah, you, you need help. You need uh, help. Help from your friends. Help from your friends. They don't yeah. mind living in groups, Yeah. but... One of the things we haven't talked about is why are there certain problems that arise in cat homes? In, in groups, yeah. And I, I don't know very many people who only own one cat anymore. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I mean, the average the average mm. on a population basis is like two point something cats yeah. per Correct. home, right? Yeah. Right. So when you have more than one cat, 
There aren't enough litter boxes in different places. places. Yeah. There aren't enough food bowls in different places. Or sleeping or resting. As sleeping yeah. or resting areas. Um, and what I just lectured today about cats, and I, I told the audience, I said, one of the most important questions you can ask your clients is when do you see all your cats in the same room? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised how many times people say they never. never. Or they never see them sleeping together. Sleeping together is different because only cats, cats they, that like each other will be touching and sleeping together regardless of the ambient temperature right. or the, okay. the space yes. available to them. That okay. is a way of saying I like you. Right. Other cats will sleep near one another. They're not touching. And one would say that maybe they're, they're friends, Does but they're not. Does that say I tolerate you? That says I tolerate you, uh. okay? But in other situations, in a lot of situations, especially with multiple cat households, multiple meaning to me more than two, yeah. even though you can have a problem with two, the answer is often, well, never. Or unless I'm there, then... Yeah. You know, they're never in the Miriam same. will sit behind me on the couch, but if I get up to leave the room, she hides under the couch. Well, that's telling you something. Mm. If the cat's not comfortable to be in the room with the other cats, then their social arrangement isn't compatible. So, how could that cat be comfortable trying to access the litter box yeah. in a room with only one door with a cat that they're frightened of could come in at any yeah. moment? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, we could talk forever. I know we could. We could. So, you know, so I, one more and question: so When things. is the book supposed to come yeah, out? Yeah, decoding oh, your cat. Decoding your cat is coming out in 2020. They tell okay. us it's okay. the manuscripts is with the publisher now, Yay. and they are going to, of course, edit it and send it back to us. I'm sure they'll require no changes because we're all brilliant. Indeed, <laughs> and I and I know that because I've worked with Debbie before. So yes. Well, and I have another book. You know. Ah, uh, yeah. I do. I have my five minute yeah. uh, clinical companion canine and feline behavior which yep. came out oh, in 2018 and mm. that is also a wonderful book yeah. and um mm. and we'll put the links in there in yes our... we'll put links in our our show notes mm -hmm. okay. um, to uh, to the to the and book. i i think we could talk about cats all day well if i know, could show them the picture of my new kitten i'm getting i would yeah. uh, well if you send it to me i'll put it in the podcast yes, well she's only okay. three weeks old so that's it's okay. cute oh. but it's really i might get a new okay. picture at the end of this well, we week can do that. because she's Excellent. really cute so i would like to thank you for yeah. being here with thank us thank you for thank having you so me much. you're welcome you know, it's been enjoyable it's a fun i've talk. learned a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> behavior now. I'm very chatty. She's a behaviorist. So she there you go. It was, see? You know, now we know how to say the word. Excellent. excellent. So now, thank better. you so much for being here. And uh, yeah, it has been great. Yeah, thanks. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Her Podcast. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at 
cat pet Susan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X.